on the inside. I forgot to put Craig in the call. I'm, I reminded you while you were talking that I don't think you heard me. It's okay. The shower, but it's all right. But I wonder if like she's mad about the change in management because like she was probably getting deals. Oh, that's what I think too. Is that she was getting deals because she was talking about them charging and charging incorrectly on the account in the spring, and the account had a bounced payment, insufficient funds on the card when it charged last. Mm. Yeah. So weird. Also, I hope you char- charged your phone a little bit. Jesus. <laughs> Who? Looking at your... Since then? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait. Oh, that was her phone, not mine, homie. Oh. Let me, why? It, that is not my phone. That's true. That like, is not anything my phone would look like at all. Fair enough. But how often do I actually look at your phone like that? <laughs> yes, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why she dances so close to God. Yeah, no, I yeah. use dark themes and transparency. She is dancing super close to God with that one. Like, yeah. um... but all right, so I guess I will intro us this week. Okay. I know I'm gonna do be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Oh Lord. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Drink some more of my beer real quick. There you go. I got my wine. Let me. Low key, I think. Was, I think uh, Emma, like, low key, um, almost called me an alcoholic today. Because I told uh-huh. her, I'm like, we're leaving on time today because, like, I got stuff I have to do, which is true. I had this, but I also wanted to make sure, like, I had time to, like, eat and then also just kind of, like, refresh on episodes. So yeah, that way, like, I'm I knew, a, like, I, the... <laughs> I didn't get to do that at all this weekend. Yeah, no. Neither did I. My weekend went, but it's fine. It's I mean, it's more of a Nancy reacts no, anyway. Not. I mean, we gotta do it anyway, right? Doing it live. But no, what I'm saying is it's more of a Nancy reacts, so it's probably better that I have a better understanding, you know. Yes, but seen this. I need to at least and... understand and talk about it. Right. So, anyway. But... Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, I have stuff to do. I was like, I have stuff to do. And she's like, what, you gotta go to Specs again? I was like, whoa! (laughs) No! (laughs) You should have said you're damn right, I do. You got a problem with that? I was just like, no. You just enjoy wine. You don't drink every day. Just all the ones that end in Y. No, I don't drink every day. I have two, at least two weeks, two days out of the week where I don't drink. Some days more. But I always have like two days where I don't drink. Mm-hmm. Well, I have you on I don't tape appreciate- so admit you being an alcoholic, so let's go. I am not an alcoholic. No. Alcohol not an enthusiast, alcoholic. maybe. You're not an alcoholic, oh. you're a drunk. Rude. I also don't get drunk, I just drink. There's a difference. Okay, you're a lush. I get it. Okay, cool. I'm not a lush either. Dude, stop. <laughs> But no, like even like today, it was just a day, like between like Calvin, like calling in. Well, it was texting me. We are you going to be mad at me? What? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, it was in the morning and I like, I'm like, oh, no, because like that's all I need to know that like he's not coming into work. <laughs> and I'm right. like, what's wrong? And he's like, I got like mad food poisoning and like I haven't been able to, you know, 
eat anything and I've been throwing up like all morning and all night yesterday and I feel like shit and I'm like yeah you're not coming to work <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like I'm not gonna be mad at you like just feel better and keep me posted and then I was like are you gonna come in tomorrow instead or are you gonna take like a personal day and he's like I don't know and I still don't have an answer to that it's 9 40 <laughs> it's like I just I need to know if I'm expecting you tomorrow or not like <laughs> And so, and like I sent him a message. I'm like, just let me know what you're going to do. And so I haven't heard from him. I probably won't hear from him until the morning. But yeah, he's going to be like, nah, not coming. Sorry. Pass, homie. Well, I did tell him, like, you know, I don't need you to come in tomorrow. Because, and I'm like, I know you need a break. So if you want to use a personal day, you can. You just need to let me know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm unreasonable for saying that. I just need an answer. So I know if I need to put in personal time for him or not. You know? Right. Right. We should probably awesome. get moving. It's it's almost nine forty. It's nine forty. Let's go. We should probably get uh get recording, huh? Yeah. Ready? Probably a good idea. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Hem 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 hem. Me 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 me. Oh, so hot. I know, right? Anyway, here we go. Three, two, Leroy Thingins. That's what we're going to call this episode, Nancy. Ugh. That's right. We're back. And the greatest <laughs> meme ever turned 15 this past week. And we get to talk about it here in a minute. And I'm so happy. I, yeah, I can, I can tell. Because, oh my god. I can't believe I had to hear that. With Man, my own ears. Sorry if I did. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, headphone users. <laughs> Honestly, though, you, like, quote-unquote yelling that is still probably softer than me actually talking, so they should be fine. Because I'm obnoxious. I mean, I toned it down. I got a kid sleeping a couple rooms over. Yeah, and I got a dog sleeping right next to me. <laughs> but yeah, Leroy Jenkins is a 15-year-old meme now. Anybody else feel absolutely fucking ancient? Don't get me started. I saw a picture of Tom from MySpace the other day. Oh, no. We both saw that same photo. And I got yeah. got too. Yeah. Yeah. There are now people on the internet that don't know the significance of Tom's MySpace profile photo. I know. And that hurts me. Well, just in general, it hurts me that MySpace was such a glorious, like kind of teaching you how to like code and like make friends and cause drama and like it was it was such a culmination of like the like the start of like really getting into social media i think it was a catalyst yeah, for sure it helped me learn how to code html yep me too i still know basic html coding because of it and i used to be that i used to be the go-to friend be like hey your myspace looks awesome what have you done to it? I was like, oh, I just put in some codes. And they're like, can you do that for me? So I became that person. Um, and then I was also like low-key, like really jaded when like I would code someone's MySpace and like look at make it look all fucking awesome, move things around and do all that other stuff. And then I wouldn't be in their top their top friends. Oof. Yeah, like the audacity. <laughs> it's not oh, like I, I charged for my services. <laughs> I, I pissed a lot of people off on MySpace when I would take it down from eight and I made it in top four. But it was like, fight for my affections. Oh, yeah, you were one of those. See, I had, for a while, so I had the top eight, and then when you could change it to ten, I changed it to ten. 
And then once you had way more options, I did a top, I think I did a top five or no, it may have been a top four because I think it was just like th those ro rows, but it was either like top four or five. And my, <laughs> my number one spot, if it was not my boyfriend or whomever at that time, or like the person like I was like interested in, cause like, you know, like how you would like move it over when it's like, oh, we're not dating yet, but like, you're definitely like my number one. <laughs> Man, times were different back then. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I did not like that trip down memory lane that I just brought myself to. Oh, God, am I old? Um, but yeah, so I would have that. And then, like, number two spot was always my other friend. And I would have people fight for three and four. And it was always fun when I took them down and put two randos. And, like, they'd get all, like, low-key pissed at me. And I'd just be sitting there, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in the background. You know, speaking of social media, I want to have a talk real quick about something that came out on social media this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let's talk about these oh. Facebook avatars for a minute here, Dude, shall we? okay, yeah. Stop, guys. They're solid. Like, it's one thing. So, I, we all have our Snapchat bitmojis. I know yeah. we do. Yeah, my I love my bitmoji. Like me. I mean, mine is, but she's a total vampire bay right now, and I love it. Because I haven't changed out of my Halloween costume. Because I refuse. Because I like being a vampire. Because she's kind of hot. Not going to lie. Um, but that context makes sense. Because you you don't always want to like take a photo for Snapchat while you're talking with someone. Because like I know right now I've got mask breakout. Like a son of a bitch. That's why I have Doesn't a matter. Yeah, I can't grow one of those. I've tried. <laughs> and... So my face is breaking out really bad. So yeah, sometimes when like I'm taking my makeup off, like as soon as I get home to give my face as much of a break as possible because it's going through an onslaught of bullshit, like I don't take a selfie. So it's like let me just show my bitmoji. It'll it'll get my it'll get my point across. But on Facebook, all of them look like soulless, soul sucking demons. And of course, we made our own. <laughs> oh, of course we did, and it's stupid. I'll never use it. I never shared it. I think seeing them is stupid. And they took basically everybody's basically stealing what Xbox did in like 2000 and like what 10 with their avatars that had way more options to them than any of these have. Right? We're making an Xbox avatar too. Like that shit was fun and it was 3D and you got to pick like all these different types of outfits and I think that okay. Yeah. So I think that's my biggest issue with this whole Facebook uh, avatar bullshit is the clothing options are ass. I don't want to dress like a basic white bitch or some mom named Karen. <laughs> and those are my options. I mean, none of it, yeah. none of it is what I would wear. And like you saw, huh. I showed you. Not, not once in a million years. Well, it was devastating. <laughs> fun fact. My Xbox Live avatar has had the same shirt on since I created it. And it's the only piece of clothing. No, it's this one of two pieces of clothing I actually paid for. And I use air quotes when I say paid. And well, yeah, because who pays for anything? Yeah, no, there was ways I got them. But okay, my shirt was a D&D &D shirt made by the guys at Penny Arcade for their avatar for Xbox Live avatars. And it said... I only roll 20s. Okay, that's legit, though. I could see why you would never change that. And then my hat was an Astro's hat. Because, of course. 
So mine, ooh, mine was. I was deep in. I don't want to say deep. I, I actually think I was starting to come out of my emo phase at that point. Um, I dabbled in like the punk scene era in that. So mine was more. I don't know, skater chic with the hint of punk. So I had like the studded belt. I had the jeans. I had Converse that like I definitely didn't own in real life, but I made sure my avatar had it. And then like a generic looking like band tee. And then like the hair was kind of crazy because my hair was dyed all types of colors at that point. So <laughs> that was my avatar. I think Avril Lavigne, but meets like middle class suburbia in a super preppy town. And like that's about what my aesthetic was on Xbox. Well, <laughs> yeah it was rough we got ourselves way off topic see that's what happens when you start talking about memes so <laughs> thanks leroy 15 we're years gonna go from talking about yeah we're gonna go from talking about good on the internet to talking about something not so good on the internet at least i have chicken right <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that in there. (laughs) Smash has been cut from Evo due to Nintendo's... Most likely due, there's no confirmation. Most likely due to Nintendo's online services. So it's because of their online services. Like, this is them, like... (coughs) Online... (coughs) Sucks... (coughs) Moment. Um, Because it's trash. (laughs) Yeah, Nintendo Online's not the best for online play connection unless you're playing a really low pull game like Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing. And even then, sometimes we would have issues because you and I have played a decent amount of games online through Nintendo. We've played Smash Online. We've played. We've also played third parties like Dark Game. Um, we've played Stardew. And I know we haven't, but I've seen and experienced um uh super mario maker yeah online as well with like all the the lag and performance issues so i mean there's enough proof in the pudding to say that it's it's their online and it sucks and it's frustrating because we pay for it once a year it's fine but we still pay for it why is it so bad nintendo senpai because Nintendo's built their reputation on local multiplayer and not online multiplayer. That's why the Switch comes I mean, with two controllers. I know. Unless it's and, light. And I still, I'm very much at the camp. I, I love playing games with people in person. I don't think that's an experience that like I will ever take over online play. But especially in the current climate of the bullshit that we're still in and will be in for a long time. Strap in, boys and gals. It ain't getting any easier anytime soon. It would be better to have better online performances from Nintendo because I'd love to play Smash online with you, but not with, especially now, where I know the servers are probably even more bogged down because we're all trapped at home. It's just not feasible. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. So, but Nintendo did do something good this week. 
So we don't have to trash their online connection too badly because we're getting a new Paper Mario, yo. Yes, we're getting a new Paper Mario because I'm so excited. I'm excited because it's a return to form for Paper Mario, and it's taking the elements that they've used in the past couple games that weren't an actual Paper Mario-style RPG that everyone wanted, and are bringing it into what apparently is going to be a classic RPG-style Paper Mario with the buddies coming back, and I'm really excited about that. Yes, apparently we get a bomb, um, which I'm very excited for. And then, of course, we have a nice... Well, I know, but I know we had... um... Yeah, Bomet, and then you also had um, the the pirate captain, um, Bobbery, in yep. Thousand Year Door. So this one, he's just he looks more generic. Though. Like he's he doesn't like have like any regular. He he looks very standard. I think the at least from what I can tell with the buddies, they look very stock. Um, with the exception of um, with the exception of our little origami pal, Olivia, she is adorable. Oh yes, my god. Your guiding star in this game. Yes. She is so cute. Um I I'm very excited. Like no, so I'm excited because uh Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is I is probably my favorite out of the Paper Marios that I've played. Um, which is not all of them, but I have played a few. So It'll be nice to actually be able to go back. Well, I say that, like, but just like go back to Paper Mario, and I like, I like the origami aspect. I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner, but I'm glad that they waited. Does that make sense? I mean, yes. I argue they kind of did it with the pixels in Super Paper Mario with the 3D space roaming that you did. That it had that same mm-hmm. effect. Well, it had the same effect, but it was to me, it was. With pixels, it was like like rotating into like a three D space. It, it, to me, it was more gimmicky, and it's obviously it was not nearly as flushed out. Like that was a great like concept piece for what I think is like a full execution here. Perhaps, so, and that's I mean that's also what you saw happen later on when it came to Sticker Star Mario and Color Odyssey. Splash. Well, also Sticker <laughs> Star and Color Splash. True. We're sticking with Paper Mario games, where they still gave you that opportunity to still move in that three D space now instead of a two D plane in your space. Without flipping right. the camera rotation on you too much. Yeah, I'm giving you whiplash or yeah, vertigo right. every time it happens. I did those games where you <laughs> lost a lot of the RPG elements. You had to collect stickers or colors to make combo card attacks and do it that way. And you see that kind of thing happen here with some of those new battle mechanics you're introducing. They took that combo, those combos and brought them into a different world with these. Right, so I and like it does... What they've learned over the past three non-traditional games to bring us hopefully a good traditional Paper Mario game, and I will buy this one when it comes out in July for sure. Yes, as will I, because there's there's a lot that I already know I'm gonna like about this. Just like just because I've been watching videos on it because I have a problem apparently, and I don't know who I am anymore. But I watched a full video breaking everything down. And just, like, from what, like, taking my time and, like, watching it and, like, listening to someone I didn't agree with the entire time, which was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited because it looks like we're going to be able to interact with the overworld, the, the overworld a little bit more, um, which I appreciated with Thousand Year Door, too, was that it was a more interactive well, space that way. They did and, that in the last two games. 
Well, I know that, but I'm just saying it looks like we're going to be able to do a lot more interaction and like the just the whole 3D aspect of the world looks really flushed out, um, which is really cool to me. And yeah. I'm excited to have nice, long, lanky, stretchy arms because as a short person, it's something I dream of all the time. I mean, the only Paper Mario game I haven't played to completion is Color Splash because I just didn't buy it for the Wii U. <laughs> um and everything you're describing are things those games started doing leading up to this and that's right this to me isn't doing anything didn't show me in the trailer anything that's like oh this paper mario is bringing something completely new where origami is great because it's 3d folded paper but they've done 3d 3d spacings before um exploration they did in the last game in they didn't sticker star very well where you had to go through and explore the overworld to find the secrets and the summon stickers and shit. Which, by the way, let me tell you about that those dumbass summon stickers. Oh, did I just trigger you? I'm so sorry. No, I'm not going off on my tangent because I'm not going to get us that far off track when I'm going to get very off track with what we talk about next. We will, but let me just make my one point and then we can move on. What I'm saying is just like, I like the blend of concepts with origami and like what they've done in the past like to me origami makes sense as paper in a 3d space <laughs> so i like that it's been contextualized in this way finally so i'm excited to see all the little origami and paper puns and everything that's going to come you know full force hopefully with this so it's nice that it's it, the concepts are melding together in a very beautiful way for me Mm. And now we could talk about more beauty and something that I'm super excited for. <laughs> something I don't really think is needed and is just an answer to fans saying, oh, you should bring this back because hue, 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 this is the popular thing to fucking do. I mean, yeah, we all need money and doing remasters is the best way to make money because people like me are actually going to legit go and buy this. Oh. Activision just wants people to like them again after being a shit company for so long. Oh, that's not going to happen. Just give me this game. <laughs> so we're talking about Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 1 and 2 getting remastered, um, which I'm very excited for um, because I played the fuck out of Tony Hawk games. Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 1 and 2, Tony Hawk's Underground. I, I used to shred it up. I used to pop shove it. I used to grind on all the rails. I used to eat it. I would spend way too much time in all of these games. So I'm excited to come back to them in, in a, on a console that I own in graphics that aren't going to make my eyes melt out of my skull. <laughs> and again, I'm very meh on this. I, I understand the nostalgia for these games. Um, as I was talking with someone the other day that will remain nameless for now anyway as i was talking to him him and i both said at the same time it's no skate 4 it's I actually no wasn't tony hawk's underground being remade it's two games that were very on rail arcade titles being remade with nothing new other than hey we're rebuilding it from the ground up you know i bought the remakes of the crash trilogy and the spyro trilogy when i had when i first got my ps4 because i needed time killing games that could justify the purchase because i didn't own them Right. These, I can't justify it. I can't justify spending 50 to 60 bucks on a remastered arc 
arcade game. It'd be like going out and buying a remaster of the first Contra. It just is not something I'm going to do. Fair. I mean, for me, so I was not, I was not a big fan of the skate games, personally. Like, I, I liked that, I liked the idea behind skate. I like that you actually had to move your fingers in the way that you're supposed to move your feet on a skateboard. Because once upon a time, like most middle school kids, I did take up skateboarding for a while. And I spent a long time in my youth at a skate park. But I was not a ramp tramp. I was like an honorary homie, as I usually am, because I was friends with all the guys at the skate park. And, you know, did, you know, hung out with them like damn near every day of the summer. So we would play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. And when skate came out, like obviously, like we would all get together and we would play it. It was fun. It just it didn't have it didn't hit that same ring for me that Tony Hawk had already hit. And because Tony Hawk was easy. It was anybody could pick up and play Tony Hawk. Well, right. And but again, for someone like me, it's like that's more that speaks more to me because it's like skate was very specific. And like I can play skate because again, I spent time and was learning how to skateboard. I just enjoyed Tony Hawk because it was something that I could just dick around in for hours and listen to a killer fucking soundtrack like i like this music like helped you know help me learn what not pop music was and Mm. we have some good like we have some good um some good ones coming that have been announced already for the remaster so i'm we're we're not getting the some of my favorite some of my favorite songs Two of them were not getting at all. Well, so you can blame that on licensing issues because people suck. To. Because we're not going to get Anthrax and Chuck D doing "Bring the Noise," and we're not going to get Suicidal Tendencies doing "Psychovision." Yeah, those are going to be songs that are and definitely missed. Committed was a really good one on here. We're not getting Speed Dealers two songs. We're not getting even Rude's Vilified. Those were actually some pretty banging songs back for that for these games. So I mean, I'm it's great I'm that actually we're really Power Man five thousand. I'm glad we're getting Rage, Papa Roach. I'm glad we're getting them. We're getting Dead Kennedys, which doesn't surprise me at all. No, I mean we're even getting some Rage Against the machi- Machine, you know, because you have to have that on there. Um New Girl, the Suicide Machines. I actually listened to that song. It's a bop. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're getting good songs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not it's, saying it's just again. I don't. It's not. I don't care. If you're gonna make remake a Tony Hawk game, remake the Tony Hawk Underground games. Make remake one of those. Those had a lot that had the exact same gameplay with a lot more substance. Yeah, Underground was a lot of fun. Un- underground was definitely underrated. Um. If these do well, I'm sure we'll get it. So I, I don't mind giving them all my money because I also just need to get my game stash back up anyway. So this is just the perfect excuse for me to go back to my roots a little bit to when I actually did play video games. <laughs> See, the reason for me to want to just get my game stash back up is so that I can be stocked on a bunch of games that might get a possible upgrade to Unreal 5. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's a thing too. So beautiful looking. <laughs> Sony upped the ante on Xbox and announced. Well, they did. Epic announced the Unreal Engine version 5 during Sony's stream for the state of play stuff for PS5. 
and this tech demo ran on the PS was running live on the PS5 on the PS5 tech tech kit that they got. So not only was this a playable demo, it's a playable demo running real time on the console it was run it was made to run on essentially on that generation. Oh, so you mean it's not just pre-rendered cutscenes? Yeah, we didn't get an FMV or a, ooh, this is what it's going to look like on the Xbox. I'm sorry, the Sexbox. I'm still calling it Sexbox until they change it's, that stupid fucking name. They're not going to. It's already too late. They marketed too far. I mean, I guess... Sexbox is the, in too deep. Well, they called the last one the X-Bone, so the X-Bone is in the, se- in the Sexbox. Well, I guess we see where Microsoft is going. Giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> They're going down the deep end, but I'm hyped to see what Unreal 5 is going to bring us. One of the first games running, it will be Fork Knife. It may finally give me the reason that I've been avoiding to download that stupid fucking game. I mean, good for you. I still won't, but I'll watch you play it. Because <laughs> I'm, mean, I'm not going to taint my... <laughs> wait, <I> just... wait. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin my... My PlayStation by having that go anywhere near it. It's dirty. Need it. Yeah. Why? I was gonna say I something totally that? different. Why <laughs> I would I play it on PlayStation when I have a perfectly good PC? Okay. Well, I don't have a perfectly good PC. So, like, I'm gonna watch you play it on PC. But I'm just saying, for me, I won't have that go anywhere near any of my hardware. I'll put it on my computer because I can scrub it when I'm done. It's really easy. Get some rubbing alcohol. Speaking and of sure Epic, you, you know Grand Theft Auto Five's free, right? Yes. Did we talk about this already? I feel like we may have talked about this already. I'm not sure if we talked about it. I know we've talked about it outside of our Ether lives, um, but in terms of on our little Let's Talk here, not sure. Yeah, so so if we rehash, oh well. Epic Games Store, go get it. It's free. It's the last it's... good thing we're talking about this week. Yeah, because now we got. Now we have to do our in-memoriam section. Yep, and we're going to start off with in-memoriam as Matthew Lillard's uh, voice acting career as Shaggy. Yep, after, you know, thir- what was it, almost like 30 years of him being Shaggy? He yeah. just He's a little sad. He's, he's not... I mean, Fine I don't blame the, the man. Well, he wasn't crying, but he definitely had a little pity party. <laughs> So he he kind of released a tweet because in case anyone was unaware, uh, the origin score story of our favorite talking alien dog, because I don't I don't think he's an actual dog. I think he's an alien. Um, He was uh, a little sad because he wasn't shaggy in the new movie that just got released on Netflix as a digital release. So he went out on Twitter and he just said. You know, it was cool, though, because he gave the the movie well wishes and he wasn't like a bitter ex-girlfriend. But then he got in his feels. It's like, yeah, I'm sad. They didn't call me in after like, you know, 30 years. But I get it. Hollywood's different. (laughs) The poor thing. Well, I mean, one, it's a younger Shaggy and Scooby at the beginning. They have different different eras of them. Right. But let's. Also cover the fact that this is supposed to launch the Hanna-Barbera Cinematic Universe. Oh. Because there are guest stars in this movie that I've seen in the trailers. You have Blue Falcon and his Dino-Mutt. Huh. 
and other apparent Hanna-Barbera characters show up. So if this is a backdoor launch for an animated Hanna-Barbera universe, let's go. I'm okay with that. Bring me some Yogi Bear. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, give me the Jetsons. I need a positive look on the future right now because everything that we've been watching and everything that we've been living in terms of us being in the future is not, not doing it for me. Give me a live-action Jetsons movie with Tom Hanks as George Jetson. I didn't know I needed that until now. And now I won't settle until I get it. Katy let's, Perry let's... could play Judy. I hate Katy Perry. Can we not? Maybe a younger Katy Perry, not now. Okay, well, we... So it's just not happening. Like, we don't need to talk about Katy Perry because I can't fucking stand her. <laughs> you had a soft spot. Can't stand that woman. Um, Jenny DeVito is uh, Mr. Spacely. The only proper casting. We need just more Danny DeVito in our lives anyway. Like, he still needs to be Phil and Hercules. He can be Mr. Spacely. Um, I'm sure we... Hogsworth. Spacely's rival Cogsworth is Robert De Niro. Right, and we can get... Um, we can get um, Tom Holland as... He'll be Elroy. Yeah, Elroy. Boy Elroy, homie. I'm sorry. It's been a little while since I watched the Jetsons, so... And then... Amy Adams for Jane Jetson. I'm okay with that. I'm definitely and okay with that. About Rosie, Rosie the Rosebot, Rosie O'Donnell. Just Don't think we still about hate Collector? No, 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 but doesn't the internet still hate her? Aren't we still supposed to be anti-Rosie O'Donnell? Or Possibly, but just think about that happening for a minute. Because I just don't I'll personally give a shit. So, <laughs> it'd be a good casting. Yeah, her I think so. or Rebel Wilson? Rebel Wilson would be good. I think if we wanted to do someone that's not as hated as Rosie O'Donnell. Right. So, let's talk about our actual in memoriam section here. Because we did have some deaths happen over the last month. Because it's been a while since we covered them. So, we're going back. as We're going to reach back for the beginning of May to now and cover a couple of really big names. Yeah. Where do we want to start? We're going to start with one half of the Las Vegas Magic Act that popularized Tigers and probably gave Joe Exotic a lot of his business. That's right. We're talking about Siegfried and Roy. Roy Horn tragically died of complications from the coronavirus at 75. Yep. Not even by a tiger. It's not fair. That's I mean, not what Carol Baskin wanted. I know he got attacked by a tiger, but he was supposed to come full circle. As he was supposed to get attacked by a tiger, and then he was supposed to, you know, make up with a tiger, and the tiger's great, and then at the end of the day, the tiger comes and is what does him in. I mean, I guess... Carol Baskin end, didn't get to him quick enough. He was asking for a Baskin. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Nobody asked you. Moving on. This is this is supposed to be sad. <laughs> well, it's not. I just got us banned. Um moving on. Next on my list is a little more recent. Actually, probably the most recent of all of these. Comic actor Fred Willard, probably best known from being in Best in Show. Um dies at the age of 86. This one hurt a little bit. Um, a lot of things. Cheers may uh, know him from Anchorman. Yep, that's uh, Anchorman. He was also he was also in um, Pitch Perfect too. And also in Marco to White Castle. 
yes, another another great one as well. <laughs> and he he also was um, in Wally. I recognized his voice in Wally. Um, and he's done so many cameos over so many different things. Um, and anytime he was ever in something, I immediately liked that movie or TV show more. I immediately was, noticed it was him. Well, yeah, it's one of those. It's like, that's Fred Willard. But then at, it's just like, oh, he's in this movie. This movie just got that much better for me. Like he carried that type of weight with him. And it's just because he's fantastic. He's a great actor. He'll be missed. He will be missed. Next one will be missed a lot, too. We are talking about Jerry Stiller. 92 yep. years old. Yeah, that one. He He's definitely the oldest one on our list. Um, so he was... He was in a show I couldn't stand. <laughs> um, I hate Seinfeld. And I will put that out on the ether. And y'all can at me all you fucking... It's stupid. I just think you're a club. Uh, no. I, it's just stupid. I've given it the good old college try. I really have. My, my mom loves Seinfeld and would watch it all the time. And I've you know watched more episodes than I care to admit. And I just you, I don't like it. So... I was, you know, I was relatively young when Seinfeld was on. And so I knew him there playing Costanza's dad as a as a guest star. But I really knew him for was the King of Queens. I didn't know him more for King of Queens. I actually did like that show. Because he was a leading role. And then so. I did appreciate him in movies. Um, so he did... You know, I don't know. He he had a great like like he had a great like legacy though. Like he's you know he's carried through you know many a generation of TV shows and movies, and he would write and you know so he, he's a talent that like kept relevant for so long. So it it's it sucks to see him go, but at least at ninety two he he made it a little bit farther. Yeah, him and his. Wife had their own show in the 60s, and he had a huge career. As yeah. I think Kevin Smith would call it, a big bucket of wind. Aww. That's really yeah. what it is. I mean, look, and his son's out there having his own legacy that's even separate. Ben Stiller's legacy separate from his father, but still tied together because of the name. And that's something you like to see, too. You love to yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was able to go off and do his own thing, but like. His father was still relevant, and Ben Stiller was relevant for a multitude of different reasons. But when they did come together, it was very nice. And finally, we talk about something from probably one of the biggest things that happened in the last couple, since at least the month of May started. This broke as we recorded the last episode, so we didn't get to cover it then. Right. Pioneer of rock and roll music, R&B music, more than the same. Little Richard passed away at the age of 87. I realized he was 87. Mm-hmm. It was one of those where I was like, oh shit, Little Richard's dead. And I was like, fuck. He was 87? He was 87. Like, it, like those numbers like didn't connect and i think i think musicians have this 
like uncanny ability to not age this like in the same way that like movie stars and actors well i am too and there's no real easy way to transition from this so i think the easiest way to do it is that we're gonna go from talking about one influential icon to another in another influential icon of a different format so when we come back we're gonna talk about akira hey there thank you tears have you been wanting to slide into my dm well now's your chance so make sure you talk to us at a thinkpod at gmail.com and it is time to talk about discipline Discipline. 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 The only thing I got from the entire movie. Alright, so we are talking about one of the most influential films of all time. And I say that with a lot of confidence in my statement. No, because you're not wrong. I can see... We are talking about a movie that is regarded as, you know, one of the great animated movies of all time. One of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. A movie that is directly responsible for things like Ghost in the Shell, Battle, Angel, Alita, and Cowboy Bebop being things that we watch. Games in games such as Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid took influence from this. The Half-Life trilogy, The Dark Knight, uh, Looper, Dark City, Kill Bill, The Matrix, Stranger Things, all of them, all of them take influence from Akira. Yeah, it it had a lot like and for me going into this for the first time <laughs> so i i didn't get it but as i was watching it i was like i i was able to make the connections from a lot of the stuff that you know you've mentioned from ghost in the shell to stranger things to the matrix like all of those i, I was able to make all of those connections because you know i've seen a huge chunk of of what you had listed and it makes way more sense to me now because let me just say hot damn this movie was fantastic (laughs) it is beautiful it is set in a dystopian 2019 where tokyo is on the verge of holding the olympics and it's canceled due to these events it's not a virus though like let's just (laughs) let's be clear it's not the virus, no, but it's, the it's pretty close. Government experimenting on people and trying to turn them into Akira. Maybe that's what they were doing with the bats. Wait, no, I'm making this too real. We need to get away from reality for a minute. Let's talk about talk about Akira. <laughs> Focus. But, yeah. So no. this movie has a lot going on in it. And really, Nancy, what I want is to hear your reactions. So, I will say, and I I, I did say this when we watched it, because we we did watch it together. Um, Like, one of the first things that, you know, it reminded me of, it gave me, like, that, like, lo-fi aesthetic vibe to it. And I see where the lo-fi aesthetic inspiration comes from. Now, like I said, and first and foremost, I don't know if any of our thingateers have picked up on what I put down when I talk about things, but art style means a lot to me. It is it is my make it or break it for most things. If the art sucks, I probably don't like it. Um, and this was gorgeous. I love and it was clean. 
and it definitely had that more old school anime but like aesthetic to it like like when i think of you know older animes like it this this is like pinnacle of all of the culmination of all of that in the best executed way possible from the line work to even down to the character design um to the full backdrops to the lighting to the the colors that they use all of it it was beautiful and even even the, like because in any anime there's always shaky animation spots i don't think it'd be anime without it honestly <laughs> at this point um so even with those their weaker parts were still so much stronger than even some modern stuff that you know we may or may not be watching now or i have watched um so i think that speaks volumes like the fact that this movie came out in 1988 and to me it was way more aesthetically pleasing than of some of the stuff that i've watched recently um and even going back to the character design um and this was a point that i made to you while we were watching it as well is i loved how unique all of the characters looked they didn't just take because this, I, I feel like for me, that's probably like the biggest pitfall with like modern, quote unquote, like modern anime, um, is that you basically take the generic same anime face. face. Yeah, generic anime face, and you just change the hair and the color and maybe the color of the eyes, and you add random freckles or hairs or weird things to it, and you call it a different anime character. You know what I call um, that, right? Hmm. The Dragon Ball Syndrome. Yeah, that's the best way to put it, because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> because if you look at it, Yamcha, Goku, Tien, they all have about the same face style. Yeah, they're different hair and different thicknesses. That's about it. Exactly. Yeah. And with Akira, we didn't get that. We got unique face shapes. Everyone had a huge forehead. <laughs> Every last one of them. Some people rolling up with a 12 head. Like, let's be, let's be honest here. But I... I think the the moment for me that like really set that in stone because I was watching and I was like, oh, everyone has a very unique look to it and I appreciated it. But what had really done it for me was when they were were infiltrating um the the government base, mm-hmm. um, which I'm jumping ahead a lot, but it's fine. Um, and they were in disguise, but I knew exactly who they were. Like even though there wasn't like a there wasn't like a, a scene that even like explained like, oh, this is what we're doing. It was like a jump cut. I'm like you're coming with us and then this is what they ended up doing um so there was like no explanation which i also appreciated for you know just storytelling reasons i thought that was really nice that i'm like you don't have to hold my hands i can figure it out and i did figure it out but it's because the characters were so unique i'm like oh i know these guys oh we're we're breaking in now cool i'm on the same page again and it was just it was nice but if it was done with our generic anime faces while they were quote unquote in disguise i don't think i would have gotten that that like aha moment you know what i mean mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the bike? Oh, the bike is so fucking pretty. I want it. <laughs> oh my god! Like down to the sticker placement. Like, dude, dude has like that aesthetic. I love that. Like, he, like you get boxed in with it. I I love that it can't go below five thousand RPMs. Otherwise, the engine shuts off because it's like you gotta know how to drive a bike like that, and you have to respect a bike like that. And just like even the fact that they threw in that line <laughs> resonated with me. As someone who gets very excited about all motorized vehicles, I was like, oh, so and, and it gave me a, a better idea of like what that bike is possible. 
or what it's capable of. And it got me excited. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and it's, I can see why it's iconic. Because I want one, like, now. Just nothing will, nothing will replace that for me. Because, like, just, like, seeing it in action and just, like, the way it looks. And, like, I could just imagine, like, riding on that. It just gets me so excited. <laughs> so, you want to know one of the reasons why, just kind of behind the scenes, that this is such done so well and seems so good? The author of the manga had creative control over the movie. It's amazing what happens when you let the original time creators. It's something do almost heard of. Yeah. But and then you get to see why you let like OCs, you know, do their job. OG OCs. So that that makes sense because like they obviously they had a vision and they got to bring it to fruition. Because obviously, when you're making things like manga, like you, you have art, you have an, you have a vision. But in those times, like you have to decide, like what, like screenshot you want to take of that moment to like convey the point that you're trying to make, versus in a movie where you actually get to have a full, flushed out through line of like whatever visuals you want to fully get your point across. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes and me very. Film actually sadly had ties to the Kyoto animation attack because one of the key animators died in those door died in that fire oh wow <sighs> but it, it has it has its reaches this movie goes everywhere i mean it's See also this. really one of the reasons that anime took off in america was akira i can see that um, it's, and I say that because we, um, we did watch the dub version. Yes, we watched the dub. Um, we actually watched we, the we Pioneer should, dub. Yeah, Pioneer dub. We should specify, it's a, I, I've, for those who care, because I, I know people do, I, I still do prefer subs over dubs, but if a dub is done well, I'll watch it. And in this case, for me, I wanted to get a more full experience of the movie. Um, so I wanted the dub first, just so that I'd be able to talk about it a little bit more instead of like you know reading for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen this movie a few times before now, so I don't care how I watch it because I know the story. I like the Pioneer dub because I mean, you got Johnny Young Bosch, right? But how can you go wrong with Johnny Young Bosch? No, I, I mean you really can. But the current voice of Broly. <laughs> Yeah, and you can um catch the stampede. <laughs> did you find your um you had a you had a fake out though when we were trying to figure out certain voice actors. Yeah, one of them I could have swore was Sabbath. And I'm still pretty convinced it's Sabbath. It's under the an alias. It really sounded like Sabbath. <laughs> so well, you can say it's Sabbath. I won't tell anybody. Neither will our thing or tears. Your secret is safe with us. Fun fact. <laughs> so I clicked on okay. the voice actor's name, right? And uh-huh. he is also the voice of Shojiro Sakura. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So, just funny how that works. You know who he. So you've heard his voices before. I have. 
That's that is. Uh, oh, he's also uh, Mr. Satan for the big for the Bang Zoom Entertainment dub of Dragon Ball Super for Asia. <laughs> Funny. No. But. So yes. So we we had some good. So I mean, like I had a good time watching it. Um, I think in like getting into plot of you know and. A movie that came out in 88. I mean, I feel like everybody else on the Facebook planet has probably seen this except for me. But I, I will say, like, in terms of, like, like plot progression, it, in the beginning, I, I did have some, I was like, what's going on? Like, what's the purpose and why? <laughs> and so it, took, it took a lot confusing. longer. It took a I lot longer it. for me to catch up to what well, was going on. But, like, I caught up when, like, they wanted me to. <laughs> and, like, I know that. Yeah. They could. They throw a lot of fakes at the beginning. They kind of throw you off its own trail. They kind of lead you in different directions, and then they bring you all back in for the ending. Right. So it's like, oh, maybe this is about biker games. Maybe about this is political unrest. And then all of a sudden, what the fuck is this blue child doing here? And it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with that thing? Like, what? Why does that kid look like that? You know. Because, uh, like, I knew it was, like, there's something wrong with him. And, like, we never really get, like, an explanation as to why. But you just accept that that's what it is. Yeah, okay. Obviously, like, psychological powers obviously make you look fucked up. Got it. Um, and I just accepted it, accepted it as fact. And I moved on. Um, so they did throw a lot at me. Um, but it wasn't anything where I thought it was not done well. Because it was. Um... But it kept me interested. I was like, okay, you know, why, why, why do I need to know this? Why do I need to know that? Why do I need to know this? Why do I care about biker gangs? Why do I care about political unrest? Why do I care about government testing? You're supposed to care about the government testing a lot more, but it also kind of shows you, like, like, oh, this is how you get introduced and, like, also, like, how you get the skills that, like, you have in order to take on, you know, the government with psychic weapons. <laughs> Well, and a lot of what this movie shows, because it's a two-hour movie adapting a 2,000-page yes. manga. Yeah, so there's a lot of backstory that I'm sure I would not get not knowing, you know, if only coming in with a movie. But I feel like I know enough. I will say some of my favorite, one of my favorite and probably my favorite animated scenes of the movie is toward the end where they're using the orbital gun. Yes. I love those scenes. Those, the way the rocks move, the way they fall, the way everything moves on them, the explosions in space, and how it's so silent. Right. You know... And that silence in space was a very nice touch. Yeah, and it's nice to because space doesn't make noise. You can't have noise in a vacuum, guys. Like, let's, <laughs> let's put that out there for every sci-fi and, you know... James Gunn or whomever, like space doesn't make sound. <laughs> it just is silent. In space, yes. no one can hear you scream. No. Space is the void. Turn for the void. But um Yeah, I like that scene a lot of the scenes were really well done. I think for me, what I appreciated the most um was how dark the animation got. Because yep. I really wasn't expecting it, you know, as I was watching it. And even when we had our, our first real run-in 
with um, the the children and them playing their psychic mind games with um, well, with Tetsuo. Yes, with Tetsuo. Was, what is his name? Um, it was it was not what I was expecting, but I was so excited. Like I was like. The, well, like with the teddy bear and the the lizard, but I think for me, when Tetsuo became this amalgamation mass of just disgusting melted human flesh blob thing, was so cool. Oh my god! And so, like, like <laughs> as a Rick and Morty fan, I'm sure you know that's been referenced in Rick and Morty before. Yes, I I know it more now. Like I said, like after watching this, like I, I have a much deeper appreciation for a lot of mediums. That so, <laughs> we're actually sitting here talking about some of our favorite things and everything, and we haven't really talked much, or I haven't asked you much. Um, so one, the whole plot of the film revolves around who is Akira, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you think of that, that Akira was, well, basically dead? Well, I mean, it had to be. They had to be. It wasn't... To me, that wasn't jarring. And maybe it's just because I've consumed all the other media that this is, you know, played inspiration to that could have a part to do with it. But also, that's just kind of my way of thinking with a lot of this. Um, Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. And... So, Neo Tokyo itself, you know why it looks the way it does, right? And what happened to old Tokyo? No. Akira. No. Akira destroyed it. Oh. Yeah. I guess, like, all the power in the universe makes you kind of destructive. So, that's going to bring me to my next thing. There are a bunch of characters in this, and I wanted to ask you some of your feelings on some of them. So, we haven't talked much about Kaneda. Who is our main protag boy? Who just like who, happens to be great at everything? The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> who has a very distinct look, style of his own. He has a he has a pill on his jacket. Yeah. You have, He's not the only one with a pill on his jacket, though. One of his other yeah, comrades I think that's her has symbol. one too. That's her yeah. symbol. And you have our main female protag, Kai. So cute. I love her. <laughs> you have Tetsuo, our... I wouldn't say he's our main antagonist because he's not really a bad guy. He, he, he's more he's of the villain, uh, catalyst. He's not... Yeah. He's a catalyst. Um, that is his... His girlfriend, Kyoko. Weirdest fucking face, man. <laughs> I'm not over her face. She's the weirdest looking one out of all of them, and that even includes the weird flesh baby monster. Right. <laughs> and then you have, you know, you have them, and those are your main your main quartet of characters in this, essentially. Right. So you have Tetsuo, who gets a bump on the head and has psychic powers all of a sudden, and the government kidnaps him. You have Kaneda, who calls a 25-year-old guy an old man in the police station. Respect your elders, but don't call me an old man. You know, and then you have discipline. Discipline. Again, the only thing I really took from this movie was discipline. 
You know why he became a big Akira monster, right? Lack of discipline. Oh, yeah. He was not disciplined. He obviously didn't get hit hard enough. But, alas, we've done a really good job of talking about this movie without actually talking about the plot. I'm so proud of us. We're learning. Which is great. So this is a good spoiler-free review of a 31-year-old movie. (laughs) Figure out for shit that actually matters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One day we'll get to talking about a current movie and not spoil it, but with that, I'd like to try to draw this down to a close and ask you, Nancy, what would your rating of Akira be? Ooh. Um, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I want to give this a D20. For me. Okay. And and it's a lot to do with the animation because that it was mind blowing for me the entire time. And like, there was never anything that I thought was wrong or out of place. It was done so well. The music pair, like the music that they used, the sound effects that they used all, like everything had such intention behind it. I just, I, I enjoyed all of it all the way down to like the storyline. It wasn't too convoluted. Um, it was just complicated enough. Like, I, I don't have any real critiques of this movie <laughs> um, at all, which, sa- which is saying something. Because I can always find, I can always find things. But I think throughout all of it, I don't, I don't have any major critiques. It, it, they're just little nitpicky things here and there. But it's not anything that would ruin my experience. And it didn't. And it's nice that I was able to get that from this so thank you akira you deserve a full d20 i mean for me Go this on, is with your one of my favorite movies so i always will rate this high and it is a d20 film for me i've watched it over and over again and i could nitpick things like you said here and there that i've seen over multiple viewings that would be considered plot holes continuity errors things like that but, but like does it detract it from the story and the meaning? No. no, it doesn't take away from the story. It doesn't take away from the message they're telling. It doesn't take away from any of it. It's a beautifully animated film, and there's a reason why it's regarded as one of the best animated films ever made, why it's one of the top sci-fi films ever made. There's a reason why it's so influential. But and now that I alone finally understand. shows you the reasons why this film is almost near perfection in the way it's done. There's few films better, but many films worse. I think that's the best way to put it. Because I'm like, I've, I've been thinking about this movie oh, since we've watched it. Like, it, like my thought process like, hasn't stopped. And like, it's, it's going, I'm going to rewatch it a few more times just to answer some questions that I have for myself that like, they're just for me. They're, they're not for the thing of tears. They're not for the let's talk. They're just for me. And just the fact that I have those makes me happy because I haven't had that in a little while with a lot of media I've been So, nice. Oh, most definitely. And we get to keep talking anime. That's what we're going to close with this week. So one more jump and into talking about demons and junkies. All right, thing of tears. Have you ever wondered where you could be the first to find our uploads? Well, wonder no more. Check out our main Anchor page. It's anchor.fm forward slash a thingbod. And while you're there, 
make sure to check out our links to Facebook and Twitter that are going to be pinned right up at the top of the page near the podcast description. So from anime to anime we go. We're going to talk about one of the most influential animes in the world and move on to... The ones we're watching. Solid anime (laughs) in Demon Slayer. That's what's up first on the junket. We're going to talk about episodes four, five, and six of Demon Slayer. So wrap in because after this is done we're going to talk about episodes four five and six of recovery of an mmo junkie as well so we can compare and contrast two different styles once again yes and we're doing three episodes because i got excited and i kept watching (laughs) well and that's okay so first and foremost episode four of demon slayer final selection you get to see the final selection you find out some of the things you find out that for sure now the ghosts you find out that he had the biggest, baddest boulder of them all. Mm-hmm. So that obviously and means that he's special. Also that, you know, it's been two years since Nesco's transformation, and she's been asleep for almost all of it. Yeah, time jumps, apparently. The fuck? Okay, my biggest complaint <laughs> is how they just nonchalantly feed through two years. You're like, eh. You don't need this. It's like, yeah, a lot can happen in two years, man. You don't want to give me, like, little snippets? They're like, no, it's two years now. Like, all right. (laughs) I have no choice but to accept it. And, like, they're like, yeah, see, look at how long uh, Tanjiro's hair has gotten. Of course it's been two years. Like, all right. So here I am. (laughs) My biggest complaint so far. (laughs) So, in order to pass the test, you have to survive for seven days. And well, you I feel like all... what we watched. What's up? I said I feel like what we watched <clears throat> with that was like a couple of hours. But they're like, yeah, it was seven days. Again, time is irrelevant in the show. So <laughs> I want to talk about the demon that he that he fights in episode in this episode, the big baddie. Yes. Who killed all of Uradaki's students because? Uradaki is the one who captured him. So, I mean, I get the reason why he's so vengeful. Like, he's trapped on this stupid mountain. But he's had yeah. plenty to eat. He's kind of OP. Like, an unnecessary... Yeah, it's like when you're walking around in Breath of the Wild and there's a bunch of red bacoblins and all of a sudden a freaking Lionel shows up out of nowhere. It's about yep. the same. Or well, I you find out in the next episode that you get the kind of flashback of the demon remembering when he was turned into a demon as a boy and after his transformation, and he just wanted a hand to hold. Yeah. It's very sad. smells his sadness. Again, this nose, man. I want answers. Like, I'm not just accepting it as fact. I want explanation. I just want to know why. Why can he a generation boy with red hair who has a black sword. His sword is so fucking cool. (laughs) Ah! And what do you think? Okay, so episode five, we're just going to skip over to episode five. You find that out, the demon is wanting to hand to hold, so he hands his hold, hands, holds his hand, makes the demon cry. Now for the next week, he fights demons, asking them how to turn Nesco back to a human, basically. Kills them <laughs> if they don't answer. Three others pass. They get the totus rank, the lowest rank, Mizenuto. They get the crow. Mm-hmm. The talking Kasagi crow, which is sweet. They get their uniforms. They get their ore that he again smells. Yeah. 
and you meet who's going to be looks like his little Vegeta of this episode of, the, of this series, who starts roughing up the little girl, who's probably not oh, actually yeah. a little girl. Right. He was a dick. I'll break right. your arm. I'd like to see you try. Oh shit! He almost broke my arm. <laughs> yeah, just by squeezing it. He's like, leave her alone. So. And then he gets his sword. Okay, and the swordsmith starts talking about all these things about it. Draws it, it's black, and it's an unlucky color. And then he gets his first mission to go to a town, so they put Netsuko in a suitcase and head off. Yeah, I also like that they don't really ever show her like getting into these things, because it's like when Netsuko and Tanjiro are like standing side by side, they're practically like the same size, but then all of a sudden she just gets like so much smaller. Like, mm, she can fit in this box. But, like, she shouldn't be able to fit in that box. <laughs> yeah, no, she can. She can get smaller, as will be shown later in. Spoilers. Anyway, let's talk about his mission now. Well, okay, but I, I want to talk a little bit about what we've gone through so far. Just really okay. quick. Because I want... I, I want to know why Tandro would get such a low rank... When he killed one of the more powerful demons on the mountain. I mean, you don't. That's get something that doesn't sit well with me because he. Because everybody's the same when you're a lower enlisted. Yes, I get. Well, I get that, but also, like, I feel like he's obviously shown like he has a little bit more like bang for his buck. Like he, you know, he killed a higher level demon that's eat. Eaten at least thirteen. We know thirteen of um yeah, but the students, but on top of other ones, it's like obviously he's a little bit more OP. The mission, the mission was to survive, and I only know. the four of them did, so they get the lowest ranking. I guess it's just like it's like eh, I would have bumped the boy up a little bit because they're like these are all the rankings. It's like okay, so like you give him like a notch up because it's like yeah, you survived a little bit better than the rest of these people. I don't know. Yeah, That's just me. Dodo, but. Eventually, he'll probably get there. I mean, I know we've got plenty of anime to get through for him. Bottom, to now we here. I get it, um, but still, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, like not the decision I would have made, but it's fine. Just something that's been bugging me this whole time. And, and I mean, he's also the only one of Uradaki's students to return. Yeah. So kudos to him. He at least got some more praise from Urodaki. And I like that he's becoming more of a more of a father figure per se for him. Yeah. Which is good. Now, Tanjiro's first mission is to go to a town young girls are vanishing at night. He meets Kazumi. Her fiance vanished. He finds out essentially the demon here can shift through the floor. And the scene where he takes the girl from her room is fantastic. Oh. oh my god! Like just like the dark shadows and like then all of a sudden just like coming out and the arms just come down. out and cover her mouth and pull her down. One of my fears. And then Tandro being a smart boy stabs the ground. Yep. It's like where's the scent? Here. Okay. Now I want to. That's another. Okay, another thing I kind of like. I I take issue with because I like I'm learning his scent mechanic per se. And, like, I get the whole, like, smelling and opening now. Like, that makes more sense of him, like, seeing the line 
when the line is tight, like he knows like that's his moment to strike and like, okay, I can, I can get that. Like you're, you're, you're sensing, you're smelling, you're, you're opening up your third eye to do all this stuff or what, however you want to explain it. Right. But for us to see that scent line and then for it to go to two different scent colors, I, I can understand not, not necessarily like, I, I don't understand the, the, the visual. I don't know if it's because we get the visual because like he was like, oh, it's the strongest here. Wah! And he stabbed the right the right thing, which is cool. But it's like, well, how do you see it if if it smell? <laughs> right. So that's a little that's a little hiccup I have with it. However, <laughs> the animation of it is gorgeous and makes me less mad. So <laughs> is well drawn. I will give it that. No matter what kind of beautiful. bullshit it throws at you, it's beautiful. But you also gotta remember it's shonen. Yeah. So every young boy protagonist shonen has to be something special. I know. It's just seeing like scent is one of those things that's Naruto, weird to me. Midoriya, if you go back and look at a lot of others. There's too many shonen animes. Luffy. They all have something special about them. Right. And that's fair. I just seeing scent is a stretch for me. But they animated it in a very pretty way to make me less mad. Um, that is until CGI got involved this episode. Uh, okay, yeah, that's one thing. So when, in episode five, when he's walking back home, CGI. And when he was walking with Nezco to the town, the CGI backgrounds. Mm -mm, that pulled me out a little bit. Yeah, it's rough. And then even when we're, we're, even when we're in uh, episode six, and like the CGI when he's about to stab the ground of the sword, I was like, "This yeah. makes like it's so out of place. It's so it's a it very looks weird difference. They're not they didn't blend it well. No, and like even even the flow is the other thing. Like the flow is like, so much slower and like it's it's draggy. It's almost like you're like something that does like that 3D transition. Yeah, there's an anime that does that 3D transition transition real well and it's if you can even consider castlevania an anime but it does those transitions to those 3d looks very well right and this came out after it you'd think it had learned yeah at least a little bit like if you're gonna do it you gotta do it right and i don't think it's executed like i haven't seen an instance where it's been executed in a way that i've liked and even in, like i think episode six has really like shown off more cgi than the rest of the episodes so far um and i really yeah. hope that this doesn't day as a like at least to the level of which they used it in episode six because it was a lot and like even so, like the blood effect that yeah, really yeah. that really affect like really made me mad like yeah, that when it's like you you have drawn blood so beautifully so many episodes before this one and now you're throwing cgi crappy blood at me and it it, it upset me because i was like y'all were doing so well like why do you have to go and fuck with it so let's <laughs> i'm starting to take issue about... with it Miss Nezco coming out at the end of the episode there. Just out of the box. Nezco. She seems to be, to me, like Goku was in the Cell Saga. Just hanging out, waiting, sleeping. And then, hey, I'm awake. I'm going to show up and kick some ass. Her pop goes the weasel moment. Yeah, basically. Weasel but moment out of the box. Boom. Again, she is just beautifully drawn, too, though. She is still best girl. And speaking of, I guess we're going to move over to our other show. Are you ready to so, Or is there anything else on Demon Slayer you want to say? 
So I do want to just mention really quick, um, like the basically like the hypnosis. The hypnotic suggestion worked. Yeah, we're just like demons are bad, humans are good, and then she's like, "Okay, demons are bad, humans are good." Like I was like, "Really?" Like, <laughs> but if you repeat something over and over again for two years while someone's sleeping, like, yeah, that's gonna have I an effect. Think- I think. Actually, before we do move on, one of the best scenes I saw is when he did return from the trial, and she stormed out of the house and just hugs him. Oh, it was so sweet. My heart. And then Uradaki hugs them both. Yes. It is sweet. It was a nice touching scene. And we're going to move on to our next anime, which is full of nice touching scenes. Giggity? Recovery of an (laughs) MMO Junkie, episodes 4, 5, and 6, and... You find things out, and Koiwai's still best wingman. Definitely. He's smart. He is a smart wingman. I respect this. This is a right. level of game I was not ready for, um, but we're not at that episode yet. No, so episode <laughs> we have- four, Kazumi, who is the clerk at the store, tots, chats with Moriko, at the, finally talks to her when she's buying cars for the new event in Fruits Tamar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meanwhile, Yuta gets teased about the new woman that he met. <laughs> yeah, and he's so okay, princess. Like, tell me about this woman. Like, and it's just it's so cute. And then, in game, they try to go find the rarest loot boxes. Yep, because you still gotta you still gotta have those loot boxes and. Like, you get some really crappy healing potions, but then you also get a couple of good things, and then, of course, you have Lily slash Yuta, which, like, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so, was not a shock. Um, yeah, she just like, yeah, of course I was gonna get it. Like, has no problem dumping all this money into game. I liked that little comment. Because mm-hmm. we all know someone like that, I think. <laughs> yes, we do. But, I liked kind of I did like that Koyawai goes back to the goes to the convenience store, finds Morioka coming in as he leaves, goes back in and convinces her to go out for drinks. Yep. Just like hounds her. Goes and teases Yuta about it. Like, look what I did, look what I did. I got a number. <laughs> and it's just to get a rise. And it's smart because he wants to know. He's like, wait, does he actually care? So like if he did care, there's gonna be a reaction when someone mm-hmm. else like you know, gets her number, and he got exactly what he wanted. He knew his answer, so now he has his strategy, and he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and then Hayashi talks to Lily about preparing for a night out with a girl outside of the game. Dun dun dun. Story sounds very familiar to Lily's player, who is, of course, revealed as you said to be Yuta. Episode six, Moriko Morioka still very. Nervous about her upcoming date, and buys herself some an extra pair of leggings, and then talks to Kazume about their shared interest in fruits de mar. And if it's in one of these episodes, you find out who Kazumi is. I was not ready. <laughs> I was, but yeah. at the same time, I I also again like I was expecting it, and it's just because of the color of the hair. Um. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, nothing is too secret when, with stuff like these slice of life. It's like, they're like, ah, we're sly. And it's like, no, you're not. But I'm here for the, 
I'm here for the story. It's fine. I'm not here to figure stuff out. Like, it's pretty obvious. Um, so it was cool that, you know, we got to have, like, that, like, extra connection. It's like, yeah, we're here in person. And it's nice also for um, Morioko to not have a secret with everybody, you know. And I and- think that, like, helps her relax a little bit and come out come out of her shell both in you know our our game world and also in our real world yeah someone knows so she's more comfortable with her existence so it's good to finally see that a little bit because her being as anxious and nervous as she was was starting to get old at least there's small little snippets of growth that make me like i'm like okay i can get so you find out throughout this episode, yeah, so you find out that Hanabe is actually Kazumi. You mm-hmm. find out about her feeling really nervous after one of them was talking about a female friend who used a male avatar before. You find right. out you know that and then you find okay, so then she goes to the hair salon, right? Gets all done up, looks all pretty, and then she gets the day wrong. Yeah. Good for her. And Yuta being best boy that he is figures that out and races to confirm his suspicions and spots her in the crowd. And then in episode six, she waits for Koiwai best wingman who doesn't show up. But then she hangs out with, with, with Yuta for a while. Cute. Okay, so <laughs> as as someone watching this for the first time, and the reason why we ended up doing three episodes, because again, I got excited and I I got excited more about MMO junkie because after episode five, I'm like, I can't stop here. <laughs> so I had to watch the next episode and I had the this, option. To, it, it, so it, I did. It creeps up and actually just gets you, doesn't it? I was it's mad about it too. Burn. It was a very slow burn. And then all of a sudden I'm like, now I just can't stop watching. And like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to disclose how many episodes I got into before I was like, Oh, I should probably watch demon slayer. Like, <laughs> and I still, I still jumped ahead in demon slayer too, which is fine. But that's good. I'm glad that I'm excited to watch both of these shows. But yes, because you were episodes, a concerned about this one. I was, and again, a lot of it had to do with Morioko because I was like, like I can only as as a strong, independent woman, like I can only handle so much of that type of like anxious, like and like don't get me wrong, like I I have anxiety and you know I I I can relate a, at least a little bit with Morioko in like that sense. Yeah, but she takes it to a whole new level. She takes it to a level where it's almost unbearable, like unbearable. Um, so I'm glad I we're finally past that being her only character defining moment. And that was even like something that I had brought up in the last, you know, last last week's episode when we were talking about this. Just like like she used to be this. Now, why is she like this? Um, so we're getting away from that again. It's also good for her to like I like that she got kind of like done up and she doesn't have three lines of eyebrows anymore. She just has one line. Um <laughs> And, like, the short hair looks really cute on her. I also think it kind of, like, I think it ages her, though. Um, and not in a good way, but, like, it's still cute. But, like, I like that, like, she's, you know, putting stuff, putting herself together again because it's important to kind of keep that habit. Um, and it, it shows, and she's able to go on, like, one of, like, the cutest, like, little awkward dates with with Yuta and just, like, mm-hmm. they're so cute together. It makes my heart so happy. And it's, uh, it's great. And then you get to see her date with Koiwai, where all she does is talk about her playing MMO, her MMORPG hobby and her online friends. 
and Yuta talks about her talks about him a lot too. Yes. Who, Which it's like he gets, who gets worried, logs off from the game and goes to Koiwai's house to see how the date went. Let's not forget that he full sprinted <laughs> to Koiwai's house. Because he sent a photo like, oh, she's asleep. Like, I could do anything just to see. And, like, he's really testing the waters. And he sprinted there, was in a sweat. And then he's just like, no, she's not here. You're crazy. Here's your souvenir. Good night. Right. <laughs> he's so trolly, but, like, in a best best dude kind of way. Because he's just like, oh, you obviously really care about this chick. So I'm just going to continue to fuck with you while I'm playing my own game. And I respect Boy, it. Why best wingman, man. Koi Wai legit. Like, and I love so I love Koi Wai's voice actor too. Like, I think he's like my favorite. Oh, Ian Sinclair is amazing. That's he's Weiss right. in Dragon Ball Super. Oh, okay. That's probably why. Because I loved Weiss. Yeah. Okay. I have his autograph on my wall. There we go. But was, I just think like he was Papimi as well. Oh, it all that makes so much sense. Yeah, no wonder I fucking love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know, my my Papimi picture on the wall. Yeah. That's signed. That's him. Oh, now I know. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like Kamekon. Yeah, there we go. Just quick plug. It's anime. It's still relevant. But no, I just like I think like with his character and like that voice, it's just it's perfect. Like there's not a there's a, not a different voice. It, like even with his character model, like just all of it, it just it works so well. And like he is my favorite character in this game in this entire show. Sinclair is a great voice actor as well. I mean, he's he's a good voice actor. He also plays Brook in One Piece's dub, the, the Bard. So it's good. Um, and that brings me to say that I think next week we're just going to finish MMO Junkie. There's only four episodes left. We can do that. We can finish. I'm sorry. There's four episodes in an OVA. Yes. So we can finish that because, we'll like I the, said, I think what we'll do is we'll watch through episode 10 for next week and we'll wrap up it with the OVA and a review for it. The first week of June. Works for me. And we'll be continuing Demon Slayer in a format. And I think we'll talk about that real quick. So we're going to do three episodes of Demon Slayer next week as well. But then... We have a lot more Demon Slayer to go through. After the month of May is over, we'll be doing two episodes of Demon Slayer a week until it's over. Yes. Little house. Because I don't plan... Here. Yes. But I don't plan on stopping watching Demon Slayer. It has me hooked. Good job. We found animes that Nancy likes. Demon Slayer <laughs> may get me to get you back into watching more Castlevania. Oh, it's not It's not that I don't want to watch Castlevania. It's that I had to shift gears. <laughs> so. I still swear that Castlevania is a good October show. So maybe that's when we'll revisit it. Maybe. Well, we, got, we have other things to watch. Other things coming out. We have other stuff in the works that we're working on. So we have plenty of time. Oh, yes. But not unfortunately for this episode. That brings us to a close thing of tears. So we will catch you next week. Don't forget to stay out of melee range. Yep, and wash your damn hands.